My name is Minu Kim, Associate Pastor here at St. Stephen's, and it is my joy and honor to worship with you this morning. Today's scripture comes from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21. This is a follow-up, the second part of uh, the Romans 12 uh, series, which I began last week. Again, the scripture comes to us from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. Contribute, contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, Give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on, your, on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Oh, gracious and loving God, who is with us this morning, whether we are in this place or watching from afar. As we listen to your words closely, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you. O oh Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So last week, spill water. Last week, uh, we looked at the first half of Romans chapter 12, uh, where the Apostle Paul reminds us that the body of Christ is a community of believers to whom worship is a 24-7 way of living, and that the body is comprised of many members with diverse gifts. And at the end of my message, I invited you to imagine, imagine a community where all the members' diverse gifts are freely and lovingly shared. And now, this morning, I want to ask you a follow-up question. And it is a question that I, I wrestle with uh, while re reflecting on today's message. This question is, who are your enemies? Who do you think of when you hear the word enemy? 
Again, who are your enemies? I don't know if it's my fortune or my Enneagram personality as the peacemaker, uh, but I couldn't really think of a lot of enemies in my life. Of course, there were rivals at certain times in my life. There were people that I learned to ignore and avoid. uh, And also there were authorities that uh, I learned to be careful with. But enemies... As you know, uh, you know I'm, my, my parents are Korean. I'm, I'm Korean, uh, and I learned uh, my grandparents were, they lived in the time of Japanese uh, occupation of oppression, so we learned to think of Japanese as our enemies. But for my generation, it only applied to when we watch a soccer game. <laughs> I was born in Dallas, so for the longest time, the only team I knew was the Cowboys. Yeah, and I, then, then I, did, I like, like that, I ended up moving here to D.C. in high school, so there was something that I need to reconcile. <laughs> One of the first basketball jerseys that I bought was the Michael Jordan's Tar Heel jersey, number 23, and I ended up attending Duke. So there was also another problem. And I'm asking these questions because I see a lot of young ones this morning. Who are your enemies? Who are you against? Who do you despise? And who were the enemies for the first century Roman Christians who received this letter from Paul? Indeed, uh, these Christians were against one another within the body. The friction between the Jews and Gentiles was one of the concerns Paul addresses in this letter. And Paul is trying to change their perspective. In chapter 10, Paul writes, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Paul writes elsewhere in Ephesians, he writes, For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So when we look beyond our enemies of blood and flesh, then who are our enemies? For the Roman Christians, maybe it was the Roman Empire, the empire where emperors themselves were hailed as saviors, lords, and gods, the empire where its violent conquest and enslavement Enslavement were seen as the necessary vehicles for bringing peace and justice. And the empire where a highly competitive culture of honor and shame was cultivated and motivated and promoted. 
Thus, the Roman Christians who were called to give their allegiance to Christ were often targets of violent persecution due to their lack of allegiance to the empire. Moreover, I, th- I believe Paul in Romans is alluding to the truth of our human nature that we are also enemies to ourselves, that I am my own worst enemy. Paul famously writes in Romans 7, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Because of sin that dwells within us, we continue to become enemies of God despite our faith, separating ourselves from Christ's body. This is why Paul encourages us to present our whole bodies, our everyday, ordinary life, as a living sacrifice. This is why Luke stresses the daily rhythm of denying ourselves and carrying the cross. This is why Brother Lawrence, from last week's sermon, sermon, focuses on this continuous fellowship with God in all seasons, at every moment, without limiting the conversation in any ways. And this is what the cloud of witness reminds us. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. Then you well that our worst enemy is our own fallen nature, and that we got to be earnest and vigilant with ourselves, like the ten bridesmaids in Jesus' parable. Eugene Peterson writes in Romans 12, regarding Romans 12, he writes, it is important that we not misinterpret ourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to us. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what God does for us and not by what we are and what we do for him. Just as it is the unfathomable grace of God, we who are not yet sinner, who, we who are yet sinners are invited to partake in Christ's table. It, it is also by the unfathomable grace of God, we who are enemies of God are made members of Christ's body. And this is the transformative work of the Spirit in our lives who continues to forgive us, redeem us, and sanctify us as often as we repent and respond to God's grace. And this is also the gut-punching truth for all Christians. We are not the gatekeepers of the body. We are not the gatekeepers of the table. And we do not own real estate within the body. In the world of business startups, it is often said that one of the keys to success is identifying your enemies. If you know what your business or brand is all is against, whether competitors, human behaviors, or trends, having an enemy 
gives the brand a mission, a focus, and a rallying cry. Your enemy will create a closer community with your employees as they will fight against the same thing. Your enemy will hold you accountable as they will fight as it will be apparent if you are gaining traction against it or not. And your enemy will invite consumers to be part of your battle as consumers become your greatest ambassadors and fans. Help building your brand royalty, loyalty and strengthen your brand power. When I heard about this, it made a lot of sense. We live in a world where all aspects of life seems to be all about brands, a competitive market where individuals and businesses alike are trying to build their own empires, especially at the cost of others, vilifying and demonizing our enemies. Thus, we continue to hear about whom we should be afraid of and whom we should go against. We continue to hear about the rallying cries around brands whenever we tune into commercials and scroll down our smartphones. We continue to hear about the rallying, rallying cries around brands as this year's election day approaches. And we continue to hear about the rallying cries around brands as churches continue to struggle to fill their pews. Last week, I stumbled upon a video clip of a comedian talking about another ism that exists in our society. He calls it gracism. He saw it. When people from one denomination do not offer grace to people from other denominations, when people have gracism, they're not offering grace to everybody. Well, I can tell you firsthand that racism certainly exists within churches as well. Like the friction between the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians in the Roman church. Like what we just witnessed in the United Methodist Church the past year. Gracism, it's, it is a joke to the world. But what did Paul say in Romans 12 last week? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The follower, followers of Jesus are called to live a different way of life as we imitate the mind of Christ, who gave himself up so that we might be reconciled to the love of God. And therefore, we those who follow Christ, the members of the body of Christ, we are given the ministry of reconciliation. This is our another way to live. And perhaps today's reading is an expansion of Jesus' teaching to love our enemies. I invite all of us to read today's scripture, verse, uh, scripture reading again in one voice. Let's read it together aloud. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. 
hold fast to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers, bless those who persecute you, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heat burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. In a world that easily disregards the lowly and the humble, we are called to embrace one another. In a world obsessed with striking down our enemies, we are called to become nonviolent, peaceable ministers of reconciliation through faith, hope, and love. And Paul knows how hard this way of living is. He wrote this very letter while imprisoned and his continued walk in Christ led to the execution by the Roman Empire. Despite how difficult this way of the cross is, we strive to live in this way, not because we are better than others or because we want others to become on our sides, but only because we who are sinners have received this grace through the life-giving way of God in Christ. We live in this way not because the wrath of God will take care of the business, but because we confess that God so loved the world that God sent the only Son to die so that we may live and have eternal life. We are only here as the body of Christ because of the spirit of the living guide who dwells in us. When we are honest with ourselves, when we are honest with ourselves, we know very well that we, that we too often fall short and find ourselves being enemies of God and lovers of what is evil. But we are nonetheless made members of the body through God's gracious, relentless, continual invitation. So on this first Sunday of the month, may we accept the Lord's table, the invitation to the Lord's table, 
not as a membership privilege, but as an undeserved gift. And I pray that the receiving of this bread and juice, that the invisible grace of the visible signs inspire us, inspire us to live as members of Christ's body, recognizing the indwelling of God's Spirit within us every single day, reminding of God's relentless invitation to live as God's people, as nonviolent, peaceable ministers of reconciliation through faith, hope, and love. Let us pray. Holy Jesus, you call us into a life that others have told us is easy, but it is not. You challenge us to forgive, to love our enemies, to bless those who curse us. We want the easy way, but you have given us the hard path. Grant us the patience and endurance to journey with you, to allow ourselves at times to stumble, to live into the hard way so that we might fully experience your love, grace, and peace in this world by becoming a people full of love and grace and forgiving others. In your name we pray. Amen.